everyone, and welcome to the podcast where we challenge the narrative. And that's any narrative, really. Narratives about race, narratives about culture, narratives about current events, narratives about politics. And what do I mean when I say the narrative? What is the narrative? What kind of narrative do I want to challenge here on this podcast? And it's very simple. It's woke narratives, you know, mainstream narratives, narratives that only serve to divide, to deceive people and to cause unnecessary and false emotions, which then lead to false sense of morality or false sense of, I need to do something or I need to help and and so on and so forth. So narratives that demobilize and demotivate and, and actually cause more harm to the groups that such narratives apparently claim to fight for, to help, and so on and so forth. So that's why I'm here. I'm here to challenge narrative. My name is Ada. Most of you know me as Different Voice. And I'm so grateful that you are here listening to this. I'm so grateful that I am here doing this. It's a pleasure. And I'm going to go into why today. I started a series um, called The Thoughts of a Self-Hating Black Woman. I'm going to take you through a lot of my beliefs, a lot of my opinions, a lot of my, my thoughts, my experiences. I hope it allows you to just gain a different perspective to some things. So I mentioned um, wokeness. This episode is sponsored by Unwoke Apparel, and they are also challenging the narrative with their clothing line. So I recommend them go to unwoke.com and see if you can get something that you can use to also indirectly challenge the narrative. I always say if you can't say what's on your mind to counteract this woke culture and woke nonsense, then maybe you can wear what's on your mind. So go there and have a look. I'm sure you'll find something that you love. Okay, so today I'm going to be speaking about my quote-unquote awakening. So when I became unwoke, and I always get asked this question. Some people ask me when my red pill moment was. The truth is I have never had an awakening as such. You know, my mentality has pretty much been the same. It's always been like this. It's always been a questioning, inquisitive kind of mindset. I've always had this kind of mindset. You know, I have definitely always believed more in the individual than in the collective. I have never believed in a one-size-fits-all solution to people's problems or society's problems. And I definitely have never believed that there is literally just one route to success. A straight white male is going to be successful. That is just so absurd. I don't understand how people believe this. It doesn't make sense to me. So affirming that inherent factors, you know, that people are born with are the main determinants of success or even failure is is absolutely ridiculous. You know, no one is born a certain way and their life is just automatically written out. Every step is written out. It's so predictable. You know, the truth is that socioeconomic factors change constantly. You know, what may be the recipe for success today may not have been yesterday and may not be tomorrow. It, It changes all the time. What society finds, you know, to be a privileged situation, it changes all the time. We are subjective beings. You know, I I can't even start to unpack the history of what was considered the ideal a few years, a few decades, a few centuries ago. 
you know, and what is considered as ideal or the ideal today. So this idea that, for example, white people will automatically be successful in life due to white privilege, or the idea that a black person automatically has a disadvantage in life, is not an idea that I can subscribe to. Furthermore, you know, the idea that white people are born with such inherent privilege is just so undermining to black people that I, until today, I can never understand how any self-respecting black person can utter those words, can say, you have privilege and I don't. You know, how can they utter those out loud and, and live life based on that ideology? You know, to the point that if I say that I am privileged to have had the opportunities I've had to learn, you know, some of the things I've learned to be in some places and spaces that I found myself in. If I say that I feel and I believe that life has given me a lot of privileges, you know, I get pushed back. Look, if you are alive and if you are breathing today, that is the privilege. Life privilege, you know, that's really it. Okay, so back to my awakening. My mindset did not and until today doesn't fit well in the woke crowd, especially those who are so convinced, for example, um, that all white people are racist and all the failings of all black people and all people of color is due to racism. They believe that racism is the only cause, the only blame for any misfortune that a non-white person faces today. And I know racism exists. I acknowledge that. I understand that. I face that. And it definitely is an issue. But to say that this is the only reason, the first reason, the primary reason, the foundational reason for a black person's lack of success is so wrong. You know, there are just too many examples that prove otherwise. And these examples are not the rare exception, as many like to claim. It's actually the norm. It's, it's the norm. You know, black people, we don't succeed in spite of racism. We succeed. Our life doesn't always have to include or involve or revolve around racism. It literally does not. It, it doesn't. And as I'm saying this, there are some people that will not believe that and believe that every black person must have faced and dealt with and been under this burden of racism. It's not always the case. Okay, so I didn't have an awakening as such in terms of thinking that I was oppressed one day and then another day I started realizing that I wasn't oppressed. No, I, w I didn't have that kind of awakening. I've always seen myself as free. I've always seen myself as completely free, you know? Wherever I go, whatever situation I face, I've never believed that I was never able to achieve what I wanted to. And because of this, my life has been filled with wonder opportunities, amazing experiences, crazy moments as well. And, and that's the point. Now, when I say I'm free, I don't mean that I haven't had hardship or moments where I felt stuck or unable to do something even because of something something external or an outside force that was out of my control. No, of course. But when I say I'm free, I mean it in the sense of though I face these difficult moments, I refuse for these difficult moments to be my permanent story, you know? I believe to fall into them and settle and think I have no other options because this is just what life has given me, so this is what how things have to be. No, you know... Whenever I face a no or face a closed door, I'm always looking for other routes, other options. Well, how else can I get this? 
if I can't really get this, what else can I get? You know, that's what I mean, that there isn't just one route to success and happiness. Okay, I didn't get a job because I was black, if that is proven. Okay, well, how I don't want a job. A job is not the only way to be successful. How about a business? Okay, I tried to get a loan. I didn't get accepted for a loan because I'm black. Again, if that's proven. Okay, I I don't need a bank. What can I do? What can I start selling to friends, family, things that I don't need, you know, an institution for? How can I do by myself and with those around me? And then if people around you are not doing what they need to do to help you along your journey with, to success, then that, that's an issue, you know? Where is that network of support? Because the primary network of support you should be getting is from your family, friends, people you know, and not from institutions. But that's another conversation for another day. So that's what freedom is. Freedom is choosing not to settle and say, this is it for me. No, but it's seeing that you have the power to make different choices, see other options, and refocus if need be. That's freedom. Okay. So yeah, I had a different kind of awakening you know, the kind that made me realize that I actually wasn't alone in my thinking because I have always felt alone in my thinking growing up until I started, you know, speaking out um, on social media. I've always felt alone. I've always felt like the odd one out and I could never, ever put my finger on it. You know, I could never understand why I didn't gel with the ideologies of my friends, of my family, with the mainstream media, I I just could never understand why I always had a problem with what was coming at me, you know, so once I started this work and started speaking out, and I started realizing that there were other people, black, white, whoever, you know, who had the same mindset as me, both here in the UK and in the US, you know, I, I started to get very excited, I started to be like, wow, I'm not alone, you know, I, I literally had no idea before that there were at least so many people that thought like me. And it was so nice to see so many free thinkers like myself, independent thinkers, you know, those who didn't think racism was gone and racism didn't exist. No, we all know that racism is still here, but we we didn't bow down to this hypersensitivity concerning race. And we knew that it was causing more harm and good, especially to the black community. So how did this awakening occur? When the BLM protests were happening in response to George Floyd, you know, I definitely remember sympathizing with George Floyd. You know, I remember seeing the video and I was like, what is, what is actually happening? Like, it was just like, how is someone dying like this? I remember very clearly, like it was yesterday. I was really emotionally attached to it. I didn't as you guys know me, I didn't see a white man killing a black man. I saw a police officer abusing his authority. But then as the day started to go by after this, all I started to see was destruction, just utter destruction and chaos in response to it. And though the mainstream media was reporting that only 93% of the protests were peaceful and that only 7% developed in violence and led to the looting and rioting, the thing is that the 7% that I saw was actually a real mess. You know, many of the scenes were, were unforgettably ugly. Like buildings were ablaze, streets were on fire, local businesses were completely shattered, you know, along with the dreams of their owners. 
of whom many of the owners were black people, the same movement that, you know, was claiming to fight for them. I saw people being beaten mercilessly, like just mercilessly to a pulp, which is too shocking, you know, so much chaos, so much disorder. And I remember at the time, you know, I I hadn't started expressing my opinions publicly on social media about false narratives about race. But with this one, with all this writing, I, I couldn't hold my breath any longer. You know, I've seen black owners, black business owners cry that all they built, all that was passed to them by their parents, you know, was literally just gone over nothing, you know? And not just that. It was weird because I was, I started to listen to my own friends and family. And they were, they, they, I saw them as really fully accomplished, like just full on, like better than a large majority of white people in this country. I'm telling you that now with the profession that they had, like they were living in nicer houses than the majority of white people in this country. They are driving nicer cars. They are eating better food. They started to tell me that they're oppressed because of this George Floyd video. And I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) Hold on a second. What is happening? So, yeah, as I said, I sympathize with George Floyd. No one deserves that. I felt like fighting for justice was reasonable. It was expected. But none of this justified the scenes that unfolded following his death. Like, things didn't make sense to me. I mean, if we were seeking justice, if we are advocating for equality and fairness for black people, then how does this help? You can't add more pain to an already painful situation for you, especially if that pain further affects innocent people that you claim to be fighting for. How does it make sense? So I began speaking out and I took my thoughts to social media. (laughs) I posted a photo showing some young boys in front of a burning, I think it was a burning church or police station. I can't remember now. So many things were on fire. And I put as a caption, this reaction is not right. Just that, you know? And there I was like, still in my fantasy land. And I was like, yes, people are going to come and say, yes, you're right. It's not right. This is bad. We need to stop this looting. And I was, I was hoping and expecting approval and agreement, you know, that this wasn't the way forward. But I was very naive because that wasn't the case. The responses were not in agreement whatsoever. And the backlash just began from my friends. One of my friends replied to my post with a picture of a map of Africa and all the names of the countries were replaced with like natural resources and precious metals like gold, crude oil, iron, cotton. And, you know, I was told that that was real looting. That was what real looting looked like. And they, quote unquote, they stole from our ancestors many years ago. I presume they being the white man. They didn't specify, but I just presume, you know, so... And I was criticized by others, you know, many, some of my friends said I was a disappointment as a fellow black person for criticizing the rioters and not understanding that it was the pain and oppression that was causing them to loot and burn down their communities. That's what I heard. So at this point, I was, it was like I was at a crossroads, you know, it seemed like I was back here again. I've been here before. I know how it is. I'm speaking my mind and everyone's you know, coming at me. I have a different opinion. So why? Why did I always have a different opinion? 
why did no one else have this different opinion as I did? You know, or if they did, they weren't coming to back me up or express what they thought. So why did I have to speak up? You know, was I really alone in my thinking? Was I really even a black person as many were alluding that I wasn't? Did I really care about black people? Again, as many were alluding that I didn't. And if I did care about black people, why did I always seem to be knocking them when I saw bad behavior? And all these questions just circled in my mind for days. I was, I was literally tired of repeating myself. I was tired of the backlash. I was tired of being called a disappointment. I was tired of being an outlier. I recounted other times I was called a sellout, a fake black girl, poster girl for the white man and so on. So I, I was just tired. I was feeling so overwhelmed at that time. I, I remember, I remember from all the backlash I was getting. So I just wanted to make a vow. I made a vow to myself never to speak out again. I mean, it wasn't like I was condemning black people. I was sympathetic, but I had to call out bad behavior when I saw it. I called out the mistake of, of Derek Chauvin, who killed the victim, but I also found the reaction unhelpful. So did it mean that a real black person could never call out bad behavior? So that's why I wanted to give up. I said, I'm not gonna speak anymore. And then in the midst of all the confusion, I was having like a mini identity crisis. I was having a lot of inner turmoil, literally. And a new notification came up that I received a new comment to the post. And my heart just sank. I was just like, what new name calling am I going to get now? You know, what new attacks await me? You know, but I was wrong. It wasn't, it, it wasn't that. The comment literally said, and I quote, Look up Candice Owens and her perspective on the matter. And at that time, I didn't know who Candice Owens was. I didn't. So I Googled her and I just saw a fiery, fearless woman, black woman, saying things that people are so afraid. Many people say, oh, well, she says it in a harsh way. She says it in a harsh tone. She doesn't care. All the things you know, all the noise that I've, I've got, gotten myself. And I, I try to be as balanced as I can. And I still get so much hate. So I, I don't even buy into that. Oh, it's the approach because you can, you can have any approach guys. I'm telling you now, you can have any approach, you know, you can say in the most fluffiest way, in the nicest way, you can be as diplomatic as balanced, as nuanced as you can. But the thing is, once you talk against a current narrative, a, ma a narrative, a mainstream narrative, a deep-rooted narrative, you will get hate. You will get backlash. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. So when I, when I found Candice Owens, that was literally when I said, I also want to be a different voice to someone because all I was hearing was the same thing all the time. And when I heard and watched her on, on YouTube, you know, on Facebook, I was like, wow, this, this is someone saying something different. I want to be someone saying something different for someone else, you know? And from there, I found everyone else, people that I'd never heard of, even in school. And these were all black people. How had, how did I not hear about these inspirational black people so it was just it was just the most liberating feeling ever just like 
I am not alone in my thinking. I'm not crazy. I'm not stupid. I'm not fake. I'm a black person like everyone else with a different view, ideology, viewpoint, perspective. And that doesn't make me a bad person or weird or whatever. And yeah, that's when, that's when this all started really. And, and, and I'm forever grateful. Yeah, so last episode, I said I would explain why I'm called Different Voice. And, you know, everything that I kind of explained earlier is linked to it. You know, I was tired of hearing just the same narratives about race, about black people, about oppression. So I needed to hear a different opinion, different view, a different voice. I became that different voice as well. I wanted to be that different voice to other people. And it's opened up a lot of doors, like I said, to a lot of independent and free thinkers. I'm grateful for, you know, everything until now. I'm grateful for everything that I've learned. I'm grateful for all the people that I've been able to connect with, you know, people that I would never have imagined in my whole life that I would be able to connect with. But I think now is the time for a new beginning, you know, and now is the time for a new chapter. And that's why I will no longer go by different voice after all that. (laughs) But you will know me as me. And that's Ada. So this is it for today. It's been absolutely awesome talking to you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do enjoy, please, you can follow. Um, you can leave a review. You can hit notifications so that you can know when the next one is out. And yeah. Some things you will still see as different voice, like my website and things as I change stuff over. But ultimately, it will no longer be different voice. It will just be myself. See you in the next one. And if you have any questions, if you want, if you have any suggestions, if you, you know, have something on your mind, you know, something you don't understand, just let me know. Send me a DM. I'll be more than happy, more than willing to help you. All right. So speak soon. Thank you.